Shalom, and welcome to this Northern Fire podcast. The title of this message is, He is Worthy, Part 2. He is worthy. Who is worthy? Our Creator, our God, our Heavenly Father, His Son, Yeshua HaMashiach. What is He worthy of? He is worthy of our loyalty, our submission, our praise. He is worthy of honor and attention. Actually, He is worthy of our lives. Under this heading today, He is worthy. I have three reasons. Number one, He is worthy. Father is worthy. Elohim is worthy because He is great. He is great. Let's consider that for a moment. Our God, the creator of the universe, is great. We know that. We learn that. We see it all around us. But do we make ourselves aware of it, and do we respond to it? This is Psalm 145, verses 1 through 3. Psalm 145, verses 1 through 3. I will extol you, my God, O King, says David, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is Jehovah, greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable, or his greatness is beyond human understanding. David says here that every day he will bless the Lord. And why? He says three times in verse 3, God is great. Great is Jehovah, greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. Are you getting the picture? I'm getting the picture from David. David has searched out these things. David has watched. He's discerned. He's studied the heavens. He's studied the earth. He's studied the sea. He's studied... Uh, human history. He studied things around him. He studied his own body. And he's saying, great is Jehovah and greatly to be praised. So I did a little studying and I discovered that there is a star in the universe. The name of that star is Betelgeuse. That star is 144,000 times the size of the earth. That's big. Now, I've been around the earth. I've been halfway around the earth to Kazakhstan, a country in the former Soviet Union, and back again. I've, I flew from Detroit to New York to Istanbul to Kazakhstan. I think it altogether took like close to 20 hours. The earth is huge. And yet, this star is 144,000 times the size of the Earth. And then, science and the Hubble telescope and our investigations have discovered that there are billions of stars. Billion with a B. And our Father has created all of this with a word out of his mouth. In fact, in Psalm 147, verse 4, it says that Jehovah counts the stars and knows them by name. Now, if we were to start counting and 
for us to count up to a billion, we couldn't do it in our lifetime. And yet he knows the number of stars and he knows each one by name. He has named each of these billions of stars. This is a great God. This is a great creator. This is our Father. And in some respects, like David said, it's beyond our understanding. In other respects, it's obvious. And he is great, so he is worthy to be praised. Then I looked at something small, a hummingbird. A hummingbird is smaller than your pinky finger. A hummingbird, I think, weighs like two and a half ounces. That, that's, that's basically nothing. And a hummingbird can hover because its wings circle in a figure eight. Hummingbirds' wings don't go up and down like most birds. They form a figure eight as they go around, so they're able to hover. hover. This is a design. This is an intricate, intricate design. It is impossible for man to duplicate, not only to duplicate that figure eight, but to duplicate something that small. We in America have been trying for decades to create an aircraft that can hover like a, like a hummingbird, and we've been unable to do it, yet God did it. God designed all of the animals, big and small. And then the other amazing thing about a hummingbird is you can imagine something that small. Its brain is probably less than the size of a, a grain of rice. And yet these hummingbirds migrate. They migrate every year, and they migrate thousands of miles and they are able to migrate back to the place every year where they came from. So, where I live on Drummond Island, the hummingbirds come back here every summer. They come back to the same place, to the same area, and they know how to get here. They, they migrate, and they know where they're going, and they know how to get places. The intricate, awesome design that our Father has put into his creatures is worthy of our praise, is worthy of our recognition. And in Psalm 19.1 it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The earth shows his handiwork. The earth and the birds and the fish and the animals and human beings, we declare his handiwork. It is an awesome and amazing handiwork. Our God is great. And then I studied a little bit about human beings and the optic nerve. This is another thing that we as humans have been unable to duplicate. Light moves in wavelengths. Wavelengths have different sizes for different colors. And our optic nerve in our eye works with the receptors in the brain to receive those wavelengths of light, to transfer them to the brain, and they appear on our brain in different colors. Just for a moment, think about this design. Uh, an amazing design for us to, our receptors in eye and brain, to take those different wavelengths and transfer them into these colors in our, 
our mind recognizes these colors. And colors are important to us. And it says this in Psalm 8. I'm sorry. It's a different psalm. David said, uh, You formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. This my soul knows very well. Marvelous are your works. David studied the human body, and he saw the intricate design from our mother's womb. And he said, Marvelous are your works. That's what I'm saying today. That's what I've been motivated to stir myself up because Father is worthy. The Creator is worthy. He has designed and created all things. Marvelous are His works. And I'm praising Him. I'm enjoying studying His creation. I'm enjoying discerning and seeing what He's done. And I'm looking to Him and saying, Thank you. Praise you. You are an awesome God. He is worthy. Number two, our Father is worthy along with his son Yeshua because we are not consumed. We are not consumed. It says in Lamentations 3, because of your mercies we are not consumed. Your compassions they fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Jehovah is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will trust in him. And I got to thinking about this. It says in Romans, the wages of sin is death. Father told Adam and Eve in the garden, the moment you eat of that tree, you will die. And the penalty for rejecting God and rejecting his love is separation from God. Essentially, that's what hell is. Hell is separation from God. And our Father does not send anyone to hell. Hell is the choice of human beings who choose to reject God and separate themselves from God. So essentially, sin is this. It's a lack of faith. It's a lack of recognition. It's choosing to reject the idea of God or reject God or ignore God. And so God gives people what they've chosen, separation from God for eternity. And because of sin, and because of our rejection and rebellion against God, we should be consumed. But it says there in Lamentations, because of your mercies, we are not consumed. Hallelujah! I don't have to go to hell. I can make a different choice. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the grace and mercy of God, I can choose Him. And I don't choose Him out of my own uh, goodness or merit. It says in John 15, Yeshua said, You did not choose me, I chose you. It says in 1 John 4, We love because He first loved us. He is the force that chooses. He is the force that loves. And then we can respond and choose and love him back. And, by the way, we are not consumed by our enemy. If you read the book of Job, the devil was wanting to get at Job. And actually out of the devil's own mouth, when God said, Have you considered my servant Job? Job said, Yes, but you've put a hedge around Job. I can't get to him. 
If you let me in and let me have my way with Job, he'll curse you to your face. Essentially, that's what the devil was saying to God. And so the devil wants to kill us. John 10, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But in order to do anything to us, the devil has to ask permission of God first. And the first scenario was that God said to the devil, you can take and do with what he has, but don't touch him. And so on one day, the devil wiped out all of uh, Job's family, his livestock, everything he had was gone in a day. And Job did not sin, and Job blessed the Lord. And so the devil appears before God again. And God says, you can, you can touch his body this time, but you cannot take his life. So the devil afflicted Job with painful sores all over his body, but he could not take his life. Now the devil had killed Job's ten children previously, but he could not take Job's life unless God gave permission. I want you to think about that. God said to the devil, do not take his life. It means the devil had the power to take his life, but he couldn't do it under the restriction of Almighty God. I've been pondering this. Not only by the mercies of God am I not consumed, by the mercies of God, I'm alive. And then Yeshua said this, Do not be afraid of the one who can kill the body, and after that has nothing more that he can do. Yeshua was talking about the devil there. And he said, Instead, fear the one who, after he has killed, has the authority to cast into hellfire, that's Almighty God. We're exhorted to fear God and not men, fear God and not the devil, because our life is in the hand of the Almighty. Our life is in the hand of the Most High. Why is God great? Why is he worthy? Is because we are not in hell already. When you did not believe, his grace kept you. Think about our state as unbelievers, as sinners, as prodigals, as rebellious ones. The devil wanted us then too. Yet the grace of God kept us alive until we could come to faith in Yeshua. And then First uh, John tells us that if we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Yeshua HaMashiach, the righteous one. Just let me summarize this. Because of our Father's goodness, because of his mercy, because of his love, because of his redemptive power and his redemptive plan, we are not consumed. We cannot be defeated by the devil. We are forgiven. We are kept by his grace no matter where we are in this life. And we have an advocate with our Father who's constantly pleading with the Father to forgive us and to cleanse us and to strengthen us and empower us. It says in Hebrews chapter 7 that Yeshua is able to save to the uttermost all those who come to Elohim through him, for he ever lives to make intercession for them. So it's not just that we're not going to hell. It's not just that we're not consumed. It's not just that we're kept in a state of grace. It is that we are saved. We are reconciled. We are partakers 
of the mercy and the salvation of the living God. He's worthy. I'm thinking about that right now, and I'm saying, praise you, Father. You've preserved me. You've kept me. You've saved me. You've brought me to yourself. You've provided an advocate. You've provided my Savior. And I, I can go on and on. He is great, and he is worthy. I have a friend of mine. I'll, I'll call him Tom. And Tom is a man who was a rebellious one as a teenager and a young man. And all through his 20s and 30s, he resisted. People would witness to him. Uh, he would see things on TV and hear things on the radio. And he knew there was a God. He, he resisted through those decades. He was living his own life. He thought he had freedom. And after two decades, he realized, you know, he was not happy. He was running from God. He was, the running, he was running from the only source of joy in the universe. But he didn't know how to get back. He figured he had wandered so far that he couldn't get back. And so here was a man in his late 30s who was lost and unclean, and he knew he was lost and unclean. He, in fact, saw Christians, and the thought would come to his mind, I don't know much, but I know they're clean and I'm not. And so he was in this place, this dark place, and through a series of events, uh, different people began to witness to him again, to tell him about Yeshua, to tell him about the love of God, and to show him the way of salvation. Well, one day, in his car, driving down the road, Tom said, Father, if you're real, I need you. He said that simple prayer. It's sort of a prayer of desperation. It's a sort of a doubtful prayer. Father, if you're real, I need you. And according to Tom's testimony, uh, the Spirit rushed into his car, and he was saved. He was given faith. He was given a spirit, the, the Holy Spirit. And his life turned around. It totally changed. And he has lived the rest of his life for Yeshua. Now, uh, Tom has a wife and three children. And at that time, the children were still at home. But now is uh, decades later. And all of these years, Tom has been praying for his children to be saved, to come to a knowledge of the truth. He's watched his children go through a similar process and rebellion that he did. And Tom would pray and ask God to save his children. And one, one day, Heavenly Father said this to Tom, The same grace that kept you will keep your children. What was Father saying? There was a grace that kept Tom alive until he came to faith in Yeshua. And that same grace that kept Tom all those years will keep his children. And Tom is faithful to pray for his children, to trust, to hope, and he's believing that word, that his children will all come to faith in Yeshua because they're kept by this grace of God. This is awesome. This is grace. 
it's mercy, it's undeserved. And this is why our Father is worthy. He is so gracious to us, so patient. The Bible says long-suffering. He is worthy of our praise and our honor. Now, thirdly, the Father is worthy. And let me just shift here uh, to say Yeshua, our Messiah, is worthy. Both of them together are worthy because we do have eternal life. We do have eternal life. We do have eternal life. Hallelujah. And let me read to you John 12, verses 49 and 50. This is Yeshua speaking here about eternal life. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. So Yeshua is saying here, I didn't come with my own message. I came with the message of my Father. He has said, this is my command, son, say this and speak this. And earlier in John, uh, John chapter 5, Yeshua said, I can on myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and I don't know that my judgment is righteous. So as he heard, he made judgments, he did miracles, he preached messages, and he shared the gospel of the kingdom. And then Yeshua goes on here, And I know that his command is everlasting life. So the Father gave the Son a command, what to say and what to speak. He knows that the command is everlasting life. So what was Yeshua constantly speaking? Everlasting life, life in him, life from the dead. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though he dies, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Yeshua said, if you can believe, you will see the glory of God. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. And I, I just got to thinking about that. It's not just that it's his desire to give us eternal life. It's not just that it's uh, his hope that we'll receive his eternal life. He has commanded it. He commanded it, and then Yeshua said, I'll go. I'll go as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I'll go as the light of the world. I'll go as the suffering servant. I'll go to the cross. I'll pay the penalty. I'll shed my blood for the forgiveness of the sins of the world. I will be the atoning sacrifice for their sins. I'll take care of the sin problem so that your people can be reconciled to me and live with you forever. We have eternal life in our Savior, Yeshua. Several years ago now, I got to a place in my life and I had been through some difficult times. And I remember getting up early one morning to pray. And I went down and I stoked my wood stove. And I knelt down there by the wood stove. And this was, you know, you get into these situations sometimes. This is what I said to God. God, it's like I don't know anything anymore. God, it's like I don't know anything anymore except this thing. I know that I want to be in heaven with you for all eternity, and Yeshua Messiah is the only way to get there. My, it seemed like my whole world was shaking, and you know this person uh, had let me down, and this situation didn't pan out, and um, 
I didn't, I didn't know things for sure all of a sudden. And let me just say that again. This is what I said to God. I know one thing. I know that I want to be in heaven with you for all eternity. And I said, with you, God, if you're not there, I don't want to be there. I want to be there with you. And Yeshua Messiah is the only way to get there. And I, I, I continued to pray that morning. And um, I remember thinking, you know, I wish God would answer me, something like that. And then later in the day, I went out for a walk. And I was, I was a few miles from home up on the top of a hill. And this occurred to me. I know something else. God is good. God is good. I'd lived long enough at that time, and I've had an, I'd had enough experiences. And I knew that I was going to heaven. And early in the morning, I was thinking, I only know one thing. Yeah, but then by later in the day, oh, I know two things. God is good. And then kind of the floodgates opened up and you know, I got out of that funk. There's a lot of things that I know and there's a lot of things I know that are true and a lot of things I know are for sure. I'm, just, I'm, saying, and I'm saying to you today and I'm expressing this to you today so that you'll see that our Savior is worthy. He's good. He is eternal life. He saved us. He's brought us out of darkness into light. Our future is sure. I have this unshakable hope and knowledge and joy that I'm going to be with my Father in all eternity and in Him and with Yeshua. He is worthy. He is worthy. Let's exalt Him. Let's be loyal to Him. Let's honor Him. Let's submit our lives to Him. Let's give Him our all. Let's tell Him that we love him, and let's tell him that he is worthy. Shalom.